Hey everyone, welcome to today's message on this lovely Valentine's Sunday. Oh, you already know what we're going to be talking about. So get ready, buckle up, whether you're single, whether you're married, there's something in this message for all of you. Cue the saxophone music. Okay, now we got that out of the way. Let's see what the Bible is going to tell us about love, about relationships today. So I'm really excited to share this story with you. Like I said, I think it's going to bless all types of people. I know this past two years has been quite difficult, maybe especially for single people to meet others, to to be able to engage in new relationships. I know it's been tough. And even if you're married, maybe you've seen your partner maybe a little bit too much. and It's kind of like a different kind of tough. But no matter where you are on the spectrum of single to married or anywhere in between, I truly believe that through today's story, through the Word of God, that we're all going to be able to be encouraged and we're all going to be able to reignite the love. Yes, that's today's title, Reignite the Love. We're in the middle of our Reignite series and obviously it being Valentine's, we're here to talk about it. So first and foremost, I'm not here to be like, I know everything about love. I am the love doctor. I'm not I'm not here to be like that. I am, you know, still learning. Almost married for getting close to 2 years now. One and a half getting close to 2 years now. And uh, I've been loving married life. It's been amazing. But most of the times when I heard a Valentine's message, I was single and I always be like, "Yes, Lord. Where is the one? Lord, I am here and open." <laughs> So now it's funny to be like kind of like on the other side of that. It's like the boy has become the man, but I'm just kidding. So anyways, I'm going to hear, I'm going to learn with you guys. We're going to like take a look at this story. So why don't we jump right in? Today's story is found in Genesis 24. So to set the scene, uh, we have Abraham and Isaac and Isaac is uh, looking for a wife. He's 40 and single, not yet married. And Abraham now is an old man. He's 140 years old and he's at the end of his life. He's close to, uh, you know, the end of his life. And so he gets his servant. We believe his name is Eliezer. And he asks his servant for like a final request. And bear in mind, his servant Eliezer is about 80 years old himself. Okay, so he ain't no spring chicken, but he's, uh, he's you know, he's got enough juice left to go on a final journey to help out his old mate, Abraham. So basically, what Abraham asks Eliezer to do is to go back to some other location, a faraway area, faraway land, where some of Abraham's kind of old distant relatives live. And if he goes there, then he's to find Isaac, a suitable wife. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, so so let me get this straight. The mission is to go to a distant land to find a, a random woman that I, he's never seen before and convince her to come back with him and marry a man that she has never seen or heard of or doesn't know anything about. <laughs> Eliezer hears this. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> and so Eliezer goes on this incredible journey. And this might sound a bit crazy to you guys, 
But honestly, like if you think about it, there's more crazy shows on Netflix these days. You know, we got The Bachelor where there's like 20 girls trying to get one guy. They're all on the same date. Like what? Like how is that not more crazy than this story? Okay. <laughs> so we got all these kind of crazy Netflix. This would be a pretty good Netflix story. I'm not going to lie. I would like to see that. But anyways, let's check out this Bible Netflix story on what happens on this journey to find a match for Isaac. So Genesis 24 verse 10, here's where we pick it up. So the servant, Eliezer, he left, taking with him 10 of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharayim and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town and it was towards the evening. So it was the time that the women go out to draw water. So Eliezer, he makes this journey. It takes him days. He's on camels and they're going through the desert. There's like this Arabic music, like playing in the background. And so he's on this journey into the sunset and he arrives. Finally, he gets to this location and he stops by the well. And uh, the, the women begin to come out because it's kind of cool, right? It's the cool of the day. They come to draw water from the well. And so Eliezer's there. The women are coming out of the town. He sees them. What is the first thing he does? Verse 12, then he prayed. Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. The first thing I want to say today, guys, is that we need to reignite in our priorities. Eliezer had his priorities straight. God first. He was going to ask God first for help. He wasn't going to go ask some other person or try his, you know, his, you know, love tactics to see what he could do. No, he asked God first. God was the priority. And I think possibly the number one reason why Christian relationship, right, Christian relationships in the church doesn't work is because God no longer becomes the priority. God is no longer the center of the relationship, no longer the center of the marriage. He's no longer the priority. Other things get in the way, work or, or life or money or even kids, even though those are not bad things. If God isn't one, if God isn't the priority, then I believe relationships will begin to crumble. And so Eliezer got it right that God comes first. And so I want to encourage you guys, like, if there's something that you're facing, a problem, a struggle, a trial, then let's make sure that we bring God into the conversation before we go ahead and make a decision or we do something silly or we just decide to do our own thing. Let's make sure that we are inviting God in to our conversations, God into our decision making. And I believe God will help us and guide us. So Eliezer, he prays. Here's what he prays. He says, See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, Please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, Drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So the funny thing is, uh, this kind of was a similar thing that happened with me and Melissa. <laughs> Before asking Melissa out, I may or may not have uh, prayed a similar prayer. <laughs> and so uh, when I was interested in Melissa, I was interested in her for quite a while. And I had heard that, uh, you know, there was 
you know, some of my friends were saying she's into me, and some of her friends were saying I was into her. So we kind of we kind of had an understanding, like, okay, we may be interested in each other here. But every time I tried to initiate a conversation or or try to talk to her, it just fell flat. It just boom, brick wall, just not happening. Just conversation died. There was no rallies. There was no banter. It was just like, hey, nice sweater today. And she was like, yeah, nice sweater. Cool. <laughs> like we weren't able to hold the conversation. And in my mind, I was like, I need to be friends before I can go to the next level, before I can ask her out for a date. I wanted to be in some sort of comfortable friendship relationship with Melissa before I asked her out. But that wasn't happening. So I was going back and forth in my head. What am I going to do? What is going to happen? And, uh, you know, it was funny because she started working for the church right about that time where I was like, mm, should I ask her? Should I not? And so on the one hand, this is great because it means we have more opportunities to interact and perhaps hold a conversation. But on the other hand, it was a little bit complicated because now she's working with me. And uh, if I ask her out, I could uh, mess things up, you know, sort of a forbidden love sort of deal going on over here. And so <laughs> it made me wonder even more like, oh, what should I have? So after praying, after journaling, I felt like I had a word from God to, to go and ask her out. Okay, so journaling is good, guys. And so <laughs> I came to one Sunday, I got to church and I prayed this prayer to God. I was like, God, all right, here's the deal. <laughs> I'll ask her out. This is the stupidest prayer ever. I'll ask her out if nothing else or no one else changes my mind today. All right, that was the prayer. In hindsight, that was a pretty silly prayer, but all the more, it's quite similar to what Eliezer said. Like, God, let this, let this happen. Let this, you know, be what makes me make my decision. And uh, obviously nothing happened that day to change my mind. And so at the end of the day, I was like, all right, God. I said it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna ask Melissa out for a coffee. <laughs> and I was scared to do it, but uh, I overcame my fear and I asked her out and I was like, uh, do you wanna you know, maybe get a, a, a coffee with me sometime? And she was like, yes, I would love to get a coffee. I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, great. Uh, okay, so I'll see you uh, on Saturday. <laughs> so it all worked out well, you know, we're here now. We got the ring on the finger. It's all good. It was a good story at the end of the day, but uh, we got to make sure that we reignite in prayer. Are you still praying for the breakthrough? Are you still praying for the healing, for the miracle, for the thing that you want most? Are you still praying or has your prayer gone cold? I think now at the beginning of the year, it's a great time to reignite our prayer life if we've let it kind of sizzle a little bit. Right? So I believe if we can put God first as a priority, we bring Him into our decision-making, and then we put Him first in our prayer life, if we reignite in our prayers, then I believe that we're going to have a much more rich relationship with God. And I believe that we're going to be so much, it's going to be so much more rewarding when God answers your prayers. And so I want to encourage you guys at the beginning of the year, let's be praying into the year. Let's be ignited for the year. Let's be passionate. Let's be mind, our minds forward thinking and hungry 
to see God move in supernatural ways in our lives. I believe that we're going to see some pretty amazing things in 2022. But I want to encourage you guys, come on, let's pray together. Let's see God move together. So I love it. I love this guy. So before, this is verse 15, before he had finished praying, Rebecca, this woman named Rebecca, comes out with a jar on her shoulder. She was a daughter of Bethuel's son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. So she was like a very distant relative. So same kind of family. So Abraham didn't want Isaac to marry an outsider, so to speak. He wanted to kind of keep things within the same family. And so, perfect. This woman, she, she fits it. Tick. She's got, she's, got a, she's got a positive mark for her. And so, I love it. Like, before he had even finished praying, God sends Rebecca. And so sometimes, God answers our prayers immediately. We get the immediate healing. We get the immediate breakthrough. We get immediately uh, urge or surge is the better word, of faith, of confidence to do something. And sometimes we don't get it immediately. But no matter if we get it immediately or not, I want to encourage you guys, let's not get tired of praying to God. Let's reignite our prayer life to God because we need to trust God and His timing that the blessing will come at the right time. And so let's read about Rebecca, shall we? So Genesis 24, 16 says, The woman, Rebecca, was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant, Eliezer, hurried to meet her and said, Please, miss, could you give me a little bit of water from your jar? I don't know why it's a British accent, but... <laughs> Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands to, get, to give him a drink. So this is pretty good. So she's kind of part of the same family, right? And uh, she was beautiful and she was kind. We're off to a great start here. And so this is the kind of girl that, you know, if you're a guy, this is the kind of girl that you want, right? But it gets even better. Genesis 19. After she had given him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough ran back to the well, drew more water, and drew enough water for all of his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. So, <laughs> so this guy, he was literally just praying the prayer. What was his prayer? Okay, God, the woman that offers to give me and my camels a drink is the one. That was the prayer. The woman comes along, she offers to give him and his camels a drink, and he's like, I wonder if she's the one. <laughs> Let me tell you something, everybody. Guys are dense. <laughs> Sometimes we just cannot get the message. Even though there's all the hints and the clues and the, the signs in the skies and the constellations and the planets have aligned, guys will still sometimes not get the message. <laughs> so Eliezer, he's like, yeah, I wonder if she's the one. <laughs> and uh, he eventually realizes that she is the one. And so uh, it says, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two bracelets weighing 10 shekels. So basically he acknowledged, yep, yeah, this is the one. This is the one that I prayed for. Uh, this is the one. I'm going to show her that there's an offer on the table. And so Rebecca was not only beautiful, not only kind, but she loved to serve 
others. She served this man and his 10 camels. And so I want to encourage us to reignite in serving. I know that kind of we're going back and forth with just online, a bit of in-person, but now it's like back online. And you know, sometimes people might be thinking, ah, there's not many opportunities for me to serve. But I would, I would push back a little bit and say, there are opportunities to serve. We have incredible online services. We have incredible things that anyone could do online. And if that's not your jam, if you're not like, yeah, I don't really know what to do online, then pray for the church. Pray for us all. Pray for your leaders. Let's be engaged in prayer. Let's be engaged in praying that this, this situation, the current state of the world, we'll be able to get through this quicker. If you're already praying for that, I commend you. That's amazing. But if you're looking for something to do, some way to serve others, some way to serve the church, then why not start with prayer? Let's pray for the church. So she was beautiful. She was kind and she loved to serve people. And so just let me just break down this action of service that she did for this man. So there was 10 camels. This man had 10 camels. And she said, let me water all of your camels. So one camel on average at one point in time could drink something of maybe 20 gallons of water at one time. And so to, to make this easy to understand, you know those like those water coolers where you, you know, they have that big plastic water jug at the top and you press the thing and you get like the little water out the bottom. So one of those big plastic jugs, that's five gallons. A camel needs 20 gallons. That means this woman took five of these, these massive water jugs on her shoulder, if they were the same size, and she went back <laughs> to get water for one camel five times, right? Am I getting this math right? Let me just double check that. Yeah, five, five gallons, sorry, four times 20. Yeah, quick maths. I'm good at maths, guys, whatever. And so that was for one camel, times that by 10, which means she went at least back and forth 40 times to, to water these camels. So, you know, we wake up these days and we're like, oh man, my neck hurts, my shoulder hurts. This woman's out here just like, dum, 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 dum. She's just like hauling all this water like an absolute boss. And this man is over here like, I wonder if she's the one. <laughs> yes, bro, she's the one. And you know, it's so funny. Why I think this is so funny because I was exactly the same. Melissa, she was right there. God brought her into the office. We worked together and I was still sitting there for months like, <laughs> I wonder if she's the one, God. Obviously, she was the one for me. And we know that now. But back then, I was like, I wonder if she's... Guys are dense. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm sorry. Guys are dense. <laughs> sorry. Let's pray that God can speak to them. <laughs> and so God spoke to me too. That's why I, I eventually perked up the courage to ask Melissa out for a coffee. Um, but this man, Eliezer, he, he then realizes this is the one. This is the girl. This is the one for Isaac. And so he gave her some gifts as a sign to show like, hey, like there's a serious offer for you if you're interested. So back then, arranged marriages were, were pretty normal. This wasn't necessarily an arranged marriage because she had the choice to stay or to go. But she chose to go on an adventure. Man, she would make a great contestant on any Netflix show right now. So she chose to go. So that's another great trait to find in a partner if you're looking for one. Someone that's, that's excited to go on an adventure. Come on. And so 
as, uh, as the story moves on, we fast forward a little bit. So as Eliezer and Rebecca come back to the homeland where Isaac is staying. And so we have the final scene of this love romance drama comedy whatever it is the final scene the climax the man and the woman shall now meet each other and so let's read what happens so it says he that is isaac went out to the fields one evening to meditate one evening an evening like any other he probably was just doing what he was supposed to do just faithfully working maybe it says he was meditating maybe he might have just been praying god where is the one? God, I'm waiting. God, I want to meet my partner. Maybe that's what he was meditating on. And then as he looked up, as he was praying or meditating, he saw camels in the distance approaching, right? Cue the Arabic music. Okay. And then Rebecca, also on the camels, she looks up and she sees Isaac at a distance as well. And she's like, okay, okay. And so she got down from her camel and asked the servant, Eliezer. She's like, who's that man over there coming to the field to meet us? <laughs> this is how my brain works. Okay, forgive me. And then <laughs> Eliezer is like, ah, this is my master. This is Isaac. The servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Ooh, mysterious. Nah, it's just, it was, a, it was an act of uh, respect, act of modesty back in the day then. So it's not like she's playing hard to get with Isaac, right? It's just cultural. And it's pretty cool that she does that. Uh, then he, the, the servant, he told Isaac all that he had done, all that happened, the story, the prayer, the woman, she's here. Like we, we brought this girl for you. She's amazing. And so Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and married Rebecca. Yay. She became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. What a beautiful story. This is it. You've heard of it. It's called Love at First Sight. It does exist. I know it's hard to find maybe sometime here in this modern day, this modern age of Instagram and blah, blah, blah. But this is a beautiful story. The man he sees the woman, the woman sees the man. Boom. He's like, yeah. She's, she's pretty cool. She's pretty cute, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> and they got married and they were in love. It was a happy marriage. Come on, don't you love that? Don't you love it when the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy? And uh, it's, it's a happy ending. It was really beautiful. And so I just love it because it was a regular day for Isaac. He was just faithfully doing what he needed to do. He was serving. And then God brought the miracle. And can we just give a shout out to Eliezer, man? The, the greatest wingman of all time. Because <laughs> back in my, you know, back when I was single, I would try to you know, help others. I would try to be a wingman, try to, you know, make situations happen. And when I was single, other people were also helping me trying to make situations happen. But nothing, no one can compare to this man, Eliezer, greatest wingman of all time. Hats off to you, sir. <laughs> but I remember... When I first saw Melissa, that moment when Isaac and he saw Rebecca, I remember the moment when I first saw Melissa. <laughs> it's a, quite a funny story. So I was room sharing at the time and uh, one of my roommates, it's not Mustachi, don't worry. But one of my roommates uh, was kind of, you know, there was a bit of a rumor going around <laughs> that there were some hot Colombians that were at church. So, you know, being, being a young man myself, I was, when I heard that, I was like, 
I'm into that. Like, where, where are they at? <laughs> and so I remember we were at the youth service one day of all places and I was sitting in the front row and my friend, he, he, like, he started nudging me. And he's like, don't look now. But you know, it's always going to be like a great, a great moment when someone says, don't look now. He's like, don't look now. But the hot Colombians are sitting behind us. I was like, all right. So being the, the smooth operator that I am, Look behind. And I was like, you weren't wrong. <laughs> and so, yes. I was like, yeah, she's really cute. I, I, I'm into that. Uh, but it took us four years to get together. And so we call that the right person at the wrong time. Isaac and Rebecca, that was the right person at the right time. I don't think you could ever get a wrong person at the right time. That doesn't make sense. But for my case, for me and Melissa, we both had to go through some growth. We both had to grow as a person and in our relationships with God before we were ready for the blessing that God had planned for us. So it took us four years to, on our own to get to that level where we were ready for each other. And so I, we, we talk about this. We say, man, if we got together back then, probably would not have worked out very well. But thanks be to God that he made us wait. And so sometimes God answers the prayer immediately. Sometimes God, you know, takes his time. But God's timing is never late. God's timing is never wrong. God's plan is never wrong. And God has an incredible plan for you. Whatever you're praying for, whether it be you're single and you're praying for that breakthrough for that partner, whether you are married and you're praying for a breakthrough, maybe in your relationship, in your marriage, God listens to your prayer. God has a plan. God is moving. God has an incredible desire to see us in great relationships with one another. And so for me and Melissa, it took us four years to, to, for us, ourselves, to be ready. Um, Isaac and Rebecca, they were ready when they first saw each other. And it was a beautiful thing. And so the last thing I want to say to you all today is that let's reignite in our obedience. This whole story is built on the bricks of obedience. Eliezer was obedient to Abraham to go to a distant land to find a random woman, a great woman, and then to bring her back. That's, an, that's a wild story. And then Rebecca, she was also obedient because she had a choice. She could have stayed, but she chose to go with Eliezer. And then I believe Isaac was also obedient in just his daily duties in the things that he was supposed to be doing daily. He was being obedient. And this whole story is built on the back of obedience. And I believe that that our relationship with God is also built on the back of obviously faith, but obedience. Because we can have faith, but then if we don't have obedience, then do you really have faith? You know what I'm saying? And so I want to encourage us today. Let's make sure that we're in the word, that we know what God is calling us to do, that we know what direction that God is wanting us to go. And I believe that as we faithfully serve him, as we faithfully put him first, as we faithfully pray, as we faithfully serve God and serve others, God will bring the miracle to your life. Come on. I really believe it. I really have seen it happen in my life. 
me and Melissa, we're happily married now. We're enjoying our lives together. And once again, I'm not here to say that I am the love master, that I've got everything together and that I am the standard at which you all shall follow. Like I'm not saying that at all, right? We're still learning, we're still growing, but we're committed to it. We're committed to it. We both have our daily journal lives, our daily prayer lives, that God is at the center of our relationship. And that just makes everything so much better. And so I believe that this is the result of great obedience. And so this Valentine's, I want to encourage you guys, if you're feeling maybe a little bit uh, not sure, or maybe your, your interest has fizzled, or that your prayer life has fizzled, or your faith has fizzled, let's reignite back into faith, back into love, back into passion, back into believing for something big in 2022. Come on. This is a beautiful love story, but there is an even greater love story. It's called Jesus dying for you and me. God so loved the world. That's what it says in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the greatest love story. Isaac and Rebecca is pretty good, but this is is way way better because all that we have is because of God. And so I think let's make a decision to be thankful that because God first loved us, that He sent Jesus to die and rise again for us. Now we can have rich, amazing relationships together. So on this Valentine's Day, I would love to pray for all of you that are maybe believing for something in the relationship area, whether it's single or whether you're married or family or whatever it is. Why don't we pray together that God would bless us and that God would reignite the love in our hearts. Let's pray. Yes, God, we thank you so much that you are a good God, a good father that wants good things for his children. God, I pray you help us to trust in your plan, not in our plan, not in our human understanding or reasoning, God, but we would trust in you, in your supernatural plan. And I pray for anyone that's praying for breakthrough, God. I pray that this would be the year that they would find that breakthrough, that they would have that answer to prayer, that you would bring that healing, that you would open that door, God. I pray that our faith would be stirred today so that we could really trust in you and be excited and reignited for this year. We thank you, God, and everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never made a decision to believe in Jesus, let me give you an opportunity to know the greatest love that ever existed, to be part of the greatest love story that was ever told, that Jesus died for you and that He wants a relationship with you and He wants to let you know what true love really is. So on the count of three, I'm going to say now, and when I say now, if you want to receive Jesus, then I want to make ask, I want to ask you to, re, to to make that decision in your heart. Or if you want to come back to God, I also want to ask you to make that decision in your heart. So all you need to know is that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. Jesus died for you. He rose again. He's alive today, and He wants to help. If that's what you want, three, two, one, right now. Why don't you make a decision to receive Jesus into your life as well? Come on. Let me pray for all of you that made that decision. Yes, God, we thank you so much for these incredible people. God, I pray that you come into their life right now in a powerful way, God. I pray you fill them with your Holy Spirit. You pray that you fill them with your incredible, never-failing love. I pray that you would just fill them so much right now that they would know without a doubt that you are real. And I pray that you help them from this day on to follow in your plan. We thank you so much, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Come on. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this fun Valentine's Day message. Uh, we'll catch you all next time. Have a great week. See you guys.